start the party, Dan. Oh no, you got upset online. Looks like you're having a real bad time. Should've just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. Is that good anger? Did yeah, you, I'm laughing because it? it was it was good. Okay, the, I mean it's yeah. very easy for me to tap into anger as an emotion, so I think that that's probably what you just saw right there. It, it just felt a little, it felt a little forced, you know. But I guess I, here's the thing: is like I didn't really give you time to prepare for it. I told you, you know, and, I mean, and you, did, you did it within like ten well, seconds decide, of me telling because you. you said it was good, and then you said it was forced. So decide which one it is. Then now he's getting angry. That's yeah, right. see, this is exactly now it's start okay, the party, so, Dan. There we go. Okay, so now I, I'm feeling it now. This is real. This is real to me. Okay, yeah. Hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It is Blocked Party. This is episode number 128. I'm John. I'm Stefan. And uh, we have a great guest this week. Uh, thrilled to have him on the show. Uh, you may know him from his own podcast, Please Save Me, or as a writer in The New Yorker. Ben Flores is here. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hello. You know, every time, whenever I go on a podcast, the only way that I can think to introduce myself, every, every greeting flies out of my head besides what up, what up, which is what they say on Hollywood handbook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. The moment that it's time to say hello, the only words that come to my mouth are what up, what up. So then I end just saying, hello. It's nice to be here. (laughs) But that's okay. Like I just go tap into your telemarketing lizard brain, basically. The greeting is not the time for me to turn it on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Here I we am. Want it, we want nice to just to get through here. the greeting, you know? Thank so. you for having me. Yeah. There we go. Okay. You're We're welcome. good to go. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, one thing <laughs> that people don't do on our podcast that I do notice um, a lot of guests will do on other pods is they'll be like, wow, you know, I'm a longtime listener and it's like so exciting to be a guest on your show. Like no one ever says that to us. We never get that. Like it's usually people are just like, oh, wow, it's thanks. Fine. Thanks it's for having fine. me. But I can tell that they're like, they don't care. They don't even care that much, really, you know, um, which I, it, I appreciate. You know, I want I want just I want honesty. a nice, even keel, yeah, yeah. even keel honesty to start the show is where is where we want to live. You know, I listened yeah. to, to your show as soon as it came out. When it first, wow. when you very first started it, the first wow. few, first few episodes. Yeah. I, uh, oh it wasn't God. good back I, then. We didn't even have, we didn't know what we were doing really. Well, I enjoyed it. It was, <laughs> a, it was a free flowing conversation that could <laughs> yeah. get into adult territory. You know, that's true. I yeah, mean, it rem- go ahead. It reminded me of, you know, it was like the, it was like the old school Bill Simmons, Subway, Eat Fresh, <laughs> Hotline, you know. That was real yeah. page three, real page three guys, stuff yeah, or whatever. That was guys page doing two, like, page, page six. Two. One of the, yeah, page, page two. Most heavily downloaded podcasts in the entire world. And he's got people calling in from like a cell phone that it sounds like it's on the other side of a phone booth in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> screaming about like the betting odds on high school football games, you know, while they're eating and yeah. uh, you captured that. So I yeah. loved it. Thank you. Well, I'd rather yeah. capture that side of it than like the side where he has Malcolm Gladwell on to do like racial <laughs> science about <laughs> right. basketball players. So yeah, 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 I think that's the, that's the better version for sure. We're I, see your cat, our... I see your cat back there as well. Yeah. Also very cute. Yeah. Cat. She's, um, 
she's she's perched. She's found that she can't escape because I I covered the foot of the door with a blanket for sound. Wow. So she's discovered oh. that she's trapped and she's okay. had to make make Just her peace with it. it though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I would say that we we're not quite at our racial science phase yet. No. No, I, I don't think, think it's, so. it'll come the eventually. Well I, mean, I think that comes yet. for every podcast, you know, but right now we're still just. I think legitimately the problem is they don't make uh, calipers big enough for my head. So <laughs> mine neither. Mm-hmm. You and I are. We have, we have huge giant heads. heads. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, now if the listeners could see both these guys are wearing headphones right now. So there's a there's a visual contradiction to the idea <laughs> that you could not measure their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just have to slowly take the headphones off and make sure they don't move the whole time that you take them off. Just, just like a very kid, uh, like a very science yeah. eight way of measuring things. Just, okay, we can't take them off of this thing, but make sure you don't move them. Very exact science. Couldn't look much more like you're wearing calipers right now. <laughs> I, had a, I had a snapback that I, I used to wear. And honestly, part of the reason I stopped wearing it is because... Uh, I would wear it backwards and John would make fun of me for like it was you could te- like you could just see that it was snapped to the very last snap <laughs> which, which and it was like was it was like bursting right it yeah. was like barely fitting yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. I, I had to switch to just like it honestly that's ass. what I told Stefan it was but it was because his forehead cleavage was turning me on in a huge way mm. well that's the other thing as well as with is just with like my hair situation I would have to like like put the hair down a little bit but then it looks yeah. very like i'm clearly trying to like hide my giant forehead and it was just a whole thing so yeah i don't know that it's, little night that little 90s tuft of hair through exactly. the cap and it's exactly. and it comes to a point and then that's just yeah it's, it's suggestive it's sensual and it's a little violent because it comes to a point like a claw so there's a lot going on there yeah, it was hot. Yeah. It was hot. It was very it was too much for Weiler from Recess. It had that kind of yeah. Uh, it was like know. a it was like a child, is what John. Is, yeah, it reminded John of a child. Who's the guy that wrote the book? Um, you know, the race science book, the bell, the like the bell curve. Or oh, whatever. the bell curve. Uh, Charles something, right? Charles Darwin. Charles nailed Darwin. it. I'm yeah. I'm picturing Charles Darwin's kid. You know, going around the playground and <laughs> taking taking kids uh, ball caps off of them and then like measuring <laughs> measuring which hole their cap is measured to and having a whole <laughs> racial table of the different head sizes based on the ball caps. Oh my God. It was Charles Murray. Charles Murray. Charles Murray. Murray. Yeah. Bell so curve. Charles Murray yeah. Jr. Measuring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> measuring 96 bulls hats out on the playground. I am a, I'm a big hat guy. Like this is, I feel like this is the first episode we've done in like a few months where I'm not wearing a, a yeah. hat. Um, and I think what it is, is that I'm wearing a, a sports like Jersey. And so I, a lot of my hats are sports teams hats. And I don't want to do the thing where you're wearing uh, a hat from a different like league entirely. And then I'm like wearing a soccer Jersey. It's a whole, you know, so I, I went hatless today. That's, that's sort of the reason why I went hatless. The suspect today. is hatless. I repeat yeah. hatless. <laughs> I've got the, I've got the West ham kit on. Uh, and I, I remember wearing this on, on the Twitch stream and people were like making fun of me for it. I got this, uh, I got like a random grab bag of, of three kits and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think West Ham has been uh, pretty bad for a while. But mm. as soon as I as soon as I got this this kit, I think they've been doing quite well. They're like third or fourth in, in the Premier League. So maybe, you know, you're welcome, right? Maybe I think, there's no, shame. I think there's no, no shame in it either. Yeah. I think there's there's less shame in wearing the bad team's kit than yes. the good one. You yeah. Know, if, you get, if you get it randomly, if you haven't been a long time fad, you get yeah. a, you know, 
own it the kit from the bad the team that's doing poorly yes because uh, no one can then accuse you of of jumping on a bandwagon. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I do like the, 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 the color scheme too, because there are, there's like three teams, I think in the premier league that have this exact same color scheme, which is very strange to me. Uh, there's yeah, it's Villa. not like, it's not like it's like red and white or something. No, it's, it's like it's, a it's sky, sky like, blue and sky like blue burgundy and then burgundy. Yeah. yeah. Um, which <clears throat> goes, yeah, I think Aston very well. Villa has that as well. Bur- Burnley, Aston Burnley. Villa and, and West Ham. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I think it's, I think it's a good look. I mean, I've been wearing a lot of, I've, I've bought, so much stupid sports bullshit during the pandemic. Uh, and I guess before the pandemic and, and probably after the pandemic also, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the, like I have like a, a Jersey from, uh, Turin in Italy. I'm never going to go there. I'm never going to watch them play, but you I have a Turin that. Jersey. You don't know that. You think maybe I'll go to Turin one day, John? Why not? Maybe, maybe you, you. want to see the, the Turin horse. I, that was a movie. I don't know. I don't know. If there's a, Maybe there's a shroud, the Turin, right? Maybe we're going to ride sh- the Turin horse. Yeah, the Shroud of Turin. Shroud. Isn't P- mm-hmm. Picasso's from Turin, too, I think, right? Oh, yeah. I would know that. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I don't. I could be completely wrong. No, he's from Spain, so I wasn't okay. even close. Oh, wow. But why did I connect him with that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm out to lunch here. I feel like there is like a Picasso famous artist serious. from Turin. <laughs> <laughs> so what is... Uh, what's thought. What's the life situation that. today? Because... I am I on, on weekends I like to make a nice sandwich for myself. I like to like, like a to West Ham together. sandwich. Okay. See, and that's mm-hmm. podcasting I mean, that right just, there, folks. Oh my god, no. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm gonna do uh sourdough so you have bread. To make sure the pig is facing the right direction facing Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Facing correct. north and you take its left haunch. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh I'm thinking sourdough bread. <laughs> I've got some <laughs> I've got some iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce. That's a that's a that's classic good. sandwich that's thing. Good. That's people's, terrible. Iceberg people, lettuce. No, people sucks. Fr- no. And see, I was gonna Thank say you, people frown. Yeah. People frown and they sneer at iceberg lettuce, but you but the, the purpose of the lettuce is either flavor or crunch. And it's if crunch. you're going flavor, then exactly. you're gonna want something, yeah, maybe a butter or something. But if you're going for crunch, then you need you should just go all the way. Go straight for the iceberg. That's absolutely you can't right. Do better. Yeah. The problem I'm, is that I'm, iceberg tastes like shit. It doesn't taste like anything. It's not worth sacrificing the crunch for the terrible taste. It's just water. It doesn't taste like anything. I'm going for the crunch. No, it tastes I've like got, shit. But I don't. You should be I dressing like the taste lessing. of water. But I've never you drank dressing? water, and I'm like, I wish this was crunchy. Now, Ben, you did say dressing the lessing, but we're going to move on. <laughs> I, should, from that. Yeah, I did Sorry. say you should be dressing your lessing. That's um, fine. That's okay. Our guests are allowed. Group... Are, they're allowed one uh, misspeak per. <laughs> yeah. Episode, if this was so. a group text, I'd be getting. I'd be getting roasted for. for we hours would have renamed the, the, the group text to dressing your lessing by now. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Ross yeah. dressing your lessing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, you should be dressing your lettuce for a sandwich. This is something I learned in an Italian deli in Boston when I was living there. Okay. Where our, our local deli, you know, it made a world of difference. You get the you get the shredded iceberg, but the dressing that goes on the sandwich, they basically dress that lettuce, you know, like it's a salad. You know, mm. so you got oil and vinegar dressing that lettuce. Oh, okay. Right? That's so you get the crunch of the iceberg, but you've but it's flavor. But it but it's flavored. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's okay. Maybe I'll give that a try. Right now I'm going with just like mayo and uh, I'm gonna go mm. some honey mustard, I think. Um, so just a a classic flavor profile combination right there. I've got the heirloom tomatoes, which I think makes up for maybe the blandness of, of the iceberg lettuce, uh, some Swiss cheese and some, uh, some turkey breast. And I I think that's just a, that's just a a nice sandwich, you know, maybe a pickle slice on there as well, but, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about that sandwich? 
Well, just for one second, I'm just want to. Can I just go? I just like to would go. go would back. like to go sure. back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So dressing your lessing. What is this? My feminist fashion blog. Okay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay. That's a joke right. for I'd say seven percent of our listeners. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Doris Lessing I, I, is a feminist author. So yeah. That's the, uh, John, I knew that. So okay. Moving yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yes. knew about Doris I, Lessing. I was going to make that joke actually, and so now, but then, but then you let it. You let me have it. I let you do it. Yeah. I just wanted. Nice. And I actually, <laughs> I actually emailed that joke to him. <laughs> So that's why it took me so and long. That was where actually, he yeah. had got yeah. it from. Yeah, <laughs> I like the well, idea because you were already pre-planning doing... your 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 verbal. Well, typos I think on what it is, we we've all been in enough group chats, and if I know anything about Ben, what I'm guessing here is that as soon as you said dressing your lesson, you knew it was going to be a real problem for the group text. So you were immediately like, "How could I save this? Yeah, I got to save face. I got to make some kind of joke." So that's why your head immediately went to feminist fashion blog, which mm-hmm. I respected. And then you mm-hmm. emailed me and I was like, you know what? That is good. And also kind of the guest to sort of give me the opportunity to, to lay that one down. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. a great setup. Yeah. You're really yeah. cooking, cooking with gas there. Yeah. Um, just kind of the podcast is now it's passing the Bechamel test now. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think the sandwich sounds, uh, <laughs> So I've used up two now, but anyway, um, <laughs> I think the sandwich sounds delicious. And that Thank bread you. isn't toasted, right? That's just no. It'll just be like a. Soft I think it's better untoasted. Sourdough. Yeah, because we have the cr- we have the crunch of the often. lettuce already, right? Yeah. So I don't need and right and so I don't want. I'm not going to roast you on this, but we were we were talking about like what we were drinking before uh, before we started recording, and you <laughs> do have. I mean. And this is going to sound like I'm roasting you, and I'm sorry for bringing this up, but it is. I've been in this situation before, and it, it really, it truly does suck. But you have the the diet coke, the flat diet coke, yeah, with the ice in it, but the ice has melted, making yeah. the diet coke even flatter. Yeah, it's lukewarm. It came from a. Um, I, sometimes I find that the coke just feels flat. Sometimes I find that the coke flattens the moment you pour it out of the bottle onto the ice, so you're screwed yes. from jump, right? Yeah. If yeah, if it's ref- coming from a two liter, that that oh, that's it's, game over. Yeah, it's not a good no, situation. Yeah, they, well, you're screwed there. A two liter, I don't know how you ever keep that fizzy. This is coming from a sixteen point nine fluid ounce, but uh, you know, you pour it onto the ice, and you're just you're losing so much carbonation immediately. Yeah, um, it's lukewarm now. It's flat. It's um, it's going down like oil. It's not. Uh, you're still drinking it though. Well, I'm still drinking it because my coffee was weak this morning and I okay. need a little, I need a little boost. Sure. Um, okay. you know, not that there's that much, uh, pep in a diet Coke, but there's enough to, you know, there's enough to get me through, through uh, an hour uh, or two a podcast. of my day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. This well, you were saying about, before yeah. the show, you have a 13 month old child. So this is, so sleep is a tough commodity for you right now. Yeah. So you got to do what you can to supplement that. In yeah. other ways, which is which is caffeine. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Is that that's yeah. got to be a weird because Stefan and I don't have children. And I feel like that's got to be a bit of a weird thing to just <clears throat> sort of say to your partner, you know, hey, you look after this kid while I go talk about my dick in the, you know, for an hour and a half on this yeah, exactly. stupid show. Exactly. You know, I think it. Yes, it is. There's no way around it, right? <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't really seem because it doesn't really seem like work, does it? You know, no, <laughs> no. And um, 
And to be fair, it's not only that it doesn't seem like work, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's correct. You know, did I prepare? Yeah, I sat down and I prepared. I took some screenshots of some stuff and I put nice. it into an Imgur post um, okay. to share with you guys. So that was work, you know, yeah. nom- you know, in the loosest definition of the sense in that I was doing something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but on the other hand, I think to be very serious about it, I think that, uh, or like, yeah, to be very honest about it, I think your partner recognizes the things that make you a more full, authentic person, right? So if I don't do this stuff, I'm miserable, right? Right. You know, yeah. it's just like anybody, right? If they don't do the things that give them joy in life, then they're miserable and then you don't want to be around that person the rest of the time. So I think like this is the kind of thing that makes you whole, you know, I would do the same for her. And so, uh, I mean, now she's a doctor and so her work is really <laughs> um, <laughs> But I do do the same for her, which is I care for the child a lot. So, yeah. uh, and she I mean, gives I life think to you, other people. You, you recording, she uh, she you recording a podcast is sort of like yeah, it's the equivalent of of, of your wife delivering a, a child into the world, right? Because we're delivering yeah, del- laughter into the world, right? Mm-hmm. Ideas, and that's sort of this because laughter, children's laughter is very important, uh, and and laughter just in general is very important. So I think it's the best medicine, same they say. So it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. what medicine are you giving out at your job? Well, I'm gonna be busy giving out the best medicine. Yeah, so. this is yeah. the best one. Exactly, this one's yeah. the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if the listeners noticed, but. Two, not not two minutes ago, I um I purposely said bechamel test, you know, yeah. instead of bechamel test. Yeah. That was on purpose. That's so, very funny. Yeah, I meant to do that, and so that doesn't come without. That was you know was that a moment a mere moment? Sure, it was a mere moment. Um, but it was years of prepper. Years of prepper. <laughs> You almost made it to the end. It was years of preparation that got me to the point where I could do that. It's like you don't understand how quick you know. I immediately was like Bechtel test. What cheese? What foods? Like that bechamel done. I mean, yeah. and it was under a second, babe. Just, you don't you know, even that's, that was incredible. Yeah. You know, you know the guy that makes you know Jiro, like um. The Jiro and the guy that he makes wash the rice for years, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I feel yes. like that guy, when I do something like that, I feel like the guy washing the rice, you know? Yeah, so exactly. It's like that. You're, you and are, my yeah. Wife gets you're, that. <laughs> we, I guess Stefan and I are Jiro. I don't know. Yeah. You guys are making you watch the rice. <laughs> the guy washing the, washing the rice. Yeah. It's so funny yeah. watching documentaries that are about like a guy who's very passionate about something. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is, this is so alien and incredible to me. <laughs> like where they you have know? one thing. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Because you do a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I'm sure I'm passionate about some of it from time to time, you know. But <laughs> I think, yeah, watching like Jiro or watching like uh, like Senna or even like uh, I mean, I think my two favorite documentaries of all time are are Senna and uh, The King of Kong. Mm, uh, right. Both both incredible. Um, yeah. The King of Kong, uh, if if anyone listening has not seen it, is so fucking funny. But also just like very like oddly moving as well, and I I I do relate. Actually, okay, in King of Kong, I do relate to that guy because he's playing video games and like ignoring his family. So um, that that I, I sort of relate to. But it it is it's it's very cool watching a documentary where someone is like very good and very passionate about just like one thing. You know, I don't think I don't think I have the energy for that. I don't know about you guys. Well, I think it's not even an energy. It's like. I don't want to say that your brain is broken, but I would say wow. that it's like it's like something going on. Not you. I'm saying the person who has the singular oh, focus. Okay. Like I think right. if you're like if you're well, your brain is definitely broken. Yeah, but I was I'm gonna saying, say 
Yeah, yeah, no. But I'm saying like I do think it is it's like a different way of thinking, right? Like I think yes. you something has to be going on chemically in your brain or in your body. You know, it's like the same thing as being a professional athlete, right? Where you just your whole life you're like, I want to be the best hockey player in the world or whatever. Like I can't I don't want to be the best anything. Like I can't you know, and I did play a sport at a pretty high level. And even then I couldn't compare to the the guys who are at the top top of the sport as far as the amount of dedication that they were putting in and and it just is yeah it's 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 just something it's just you're just a different type of person than maybe you yeah well it's so funny thinking about like i think people in our discord were discussing this as well but like like athletes in like high school who are like the highest level right and like the guy i think of because i think he graduated the same year as me and i saw him play a couple times uh was rob sacra who was one of the best i mean probably like what like a top three bc high school basketball player of all time oh yeah he's maybe the best ever yeah uh he's seven feet tall in in high school like he was unstoppable in in high school like could not be stopped and then and he made it the nba which is like incredible but then in the nba he was like the butt of everyone's jokes and he was just like the bench guy who would like react to like a big dunk or something right and would play like 30 seconds a game and i remember seeing him play in person be like oh my god this is the most unstoppable human being in the history of the world. And then he gets to the NBA and he's just like, he's like a joke. It's, it's fucked. Like, I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a certain, um, there's a, there's an ego shield. There's a protection to your own sense of self that comes from not pouring everything into that singular focus. Right. Right. Cause, cause your entire sense of self is then, uh, uh, funneled into that thing, or at least our perception of him is that maybe he actually has a, maybe he has a better relationship with it, and that's how he can handle it. Right? Oh, I'm, but, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he has a great it, life. Yeah. I think in order to handle it, you probably have to, right? In order yeah. to handle having the one thing that you focus everything on, your relationship with that thing has to develop to the point where you can kind of compartmentalize yourself away from the thing, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, you're completely. Uh, my i mean here's my brain being broken my mind goes to like um you know like uh you know like the llc guys on twitter or on social media or whatever the like success guys that are like yeah. they make like an llc for themselves or whatever yeah. you know like the, like my mind goes to that where it's like you know it's like it's like making an llc for your sense of self or whatever where your success is is not completely wrapped up in this professional thing yeah. right where like if you fail at the at the NBA, it doesn't mean that there's nothing else, you know? Yeah. The LLC um, guys are always the guys who have like the pastel button down shirt, but it has the white yeah. collar. Like <laughs> totally. that's, that's the yeah. LLC guy. Cufflink. They're big cufflink guys. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my, it's like one of my favorite tropes. It's like, you know, what would you do with you? You know, what would you do if you had, um, you know, 10, you know, you know, $1 million or whatever. It's like, you know, I'd rather have a 10 minute meeting with, uh, I'd rather have a 10 minute meeting, uh, with Jay Z to get business advice than $1 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's the one where it's like, you can have, there's a million dollars on the table. You can either take it or like learn how that million dollars was made. And then the person's exactly. like, I want to learn how that was made. And it's like, okay, I'll yeah. tell you, how I made it. I took the million dollars off the table. <laughs> <laughs> Those posts I love. And the other ones that are really good are the ones where it's like a picture of like a beautiful cabin in the woods. And it's like, could you stay here for like two months with Best. like no Wi-Fi uh, for like six hundred million dollars? You don't get you, you can't order McDonald's on DoorDash either. 
And there's a bunch of like, uh, like the Swedish bikini team is living there yeah. also. Oh man, I don't know. That's like a tough hypothetical. I got to think about this one, you know? Yeah, I'll stay there and you can do whatever you want to me while I'm there. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. Be, you know, put me on a medieval torture, put me on the rack while I'm there. Yeah. It sounds fine. <laughs> just wail on my, on my cock and balls. Just like torture me. I don't give a shit. You know, it, yeah, I, I love those. Those are so, Live those are so good. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to just, if I could for a second, give a shout out, Stefan, to your uh, very late 90s inspired uh, Swedish bikini team joke. I mean, Thank that's you. that's great stuff. I Isn't mean, that, that is a real that's a real throwback to like a Jay Leno type. Uh, oh, you're hanging, mm-hmm. you know, the Swedish bikini team is definitely a real thing that we all know and respect. You know what, you know what and, I think of yeah. when I when I hear that is the movie Boat Trip with Cuba oh, Gooding Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of a movie where they they're stay yeah, like I think cuz I think this is just what you said, but they're staying at the place that it's some kid goes to a hotel with his family, yes. you know, like uh and the Swedish bikini team is staying on the floor with right. them, right? And yes. the dad is ogling them the whole time. Yeah. 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 The dad is basically, the dad is disrespecting the wife always, the, the mm-hmm. mom always, just like, oh, she's a nothing compared to these mm-hmm. Swedish bikini models. And then we're also supposed to believe that, like, the kid is horny too, you know? Yeah. Like, and one of so the you- Swedish bikini models we're supposed to believe is somehow is genuinely, you know, romantically is flirting with the kid who's like 13, sure. 13 yeah. years old. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a yeah. problem. Well, Did I believe I see... talked about this recently, but about blank check is the most egregious yes. example of that, where the like the reporter or whatever genuinely kisses the kid on the mouth <laughs> yeah. and says, uh, like, call me in five years or whatever. Well, no. So the joke is someone actually sent me the scene recently because I had brought it up on the pod and someone was like, oh, I had never watched this before. And this scene is fucked. And yeah, she literally like kisses him on the mouth. And then she says, uh, she says, he says something like, oh, I'll call you in three years. And then she was like, make it four. <laughs> and that's like and the he's, joke. He's like 11 the or, or Yeah, he's like, he's like 12 or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. And it was just like, it is insane. And I do remember watching that movie when I was a kid and thinking like, man, like that girl is hot. And I could also get her right now smoking yes that's probably what i said yeah. did, did you guys see the <laughs> dirty hauser clip that was going around twitter <laughs> yes. the other day that might be I, why this is floating around in yeah our brains. is that i don't think hauser i saw this clip. um i'm gonna send it to dan and, and he can play it because the audio does get the point across also um <laughs> okay it's it is absolutely insane well because well, wasn't was... kind of the thing that like yeah he's like a teen doctor so like of course he's a doctor so he's of like course, 13 like... i think he's he's <laughs> yeah he's, he's like but a I'm just saying doctor. like it's that it's that classic like oh he's a doctor so of course like women would want to fucking well this, this so this is like his co-worker i mean this scene goes a lot of places um <laughs> and I, I just i mean we just need to dan let me know when you have it ready because it, it's i could not believe what I was, what I was seeing when I was watching this, and Ben, you, you've seen, you've seen the clip as well. I saw. I didn't see the whole thing, but I, I saw. Okay, you didn't get to the end. I didn't. No. Okay, so you don't really know. You don't know like the twist of the. I just sort of, of like glimpsed the direction of the clip. Yes. Okay, so I understood what was happening. Okay, yeah, because the the twist at the end makes it even worse. I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dan, let us know when you got that ready. Yeah, it's gonna be one second here. I got it ready. Okay, I never watched. Uh, I never watched Doogie Howser. 
Um, no, it was but, a little before my time. Even yeah. me, and I'm older than you, Stefan. So yeah, you are. Yeah. I remember my parents liked it. Like I, I can remember uh, that Doogie Hauser was just like a. It was like a synonym for like a smart kid or whatever. You'd be like, oh, you're a, you're like a regular Doogie Hauser or whatever. Yeah, it's okay. such a funny concept to think about now. Our our parents watching a sh- like. <laughs> Oh yeah, we love to watch Doogie Howser, the show about the child doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> like it just sounds so absurd. All right, that's basically my parents' whole life. So that's, that's the, it's just whatever show they happen to be watching together for the last yeah. thirty-five years of my oh, that life. That is life. Here's, here's yeah. the, here's the clip. That's this life. is, this is totally unhinged. I'm just warning you right now. All right, I can't wait. What's going on, Doogie? We're friends, aren't we? Uh-huh. And friends share secrets with each other, am I right? Yeah, I guess. I like younger men, Doogie. Oh, boy. I always have. And on a few occasions, I've caught you, well, admiring me. We should probably get back to the ER. And I was just wondering... <laughs> Given our mutual attorney, the guy who sounds like a child is uh that's Doogie Hauser. He's a child. Function better professionally. If those attractions were extinguished, it might make sense for our respective fantasies to be quenched. Huh? <laughs> oh, Doogie man. She's undoing his pants. She's dropped his pants. There's just one thing. And we got a shot of that. Yes, we saw his underpants. What's that? Happy birthday, Doogie. Surprise! Happy birthday, Doogie. Happy birthday, Doogie. Happy birthday, Absolutely insane. Yeah. So you didn't get to that the part where it was a, it was a <laughs> surprise birthday party. Ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> John, One of the your worst thoughts? instances of workplace harassment. Uh, yeah. Ever. Put yeah. To tape. It's a child. John, <laughs> I don't even. I, I'm a teacher. I don't even think I'm allowed to comment on that. <laughs> that is uh, unreal. That's absolutely I mean, insane. That's nuts. Yeah. That's fucked. Like because. I feel like at the time that this aired, no one would have cared. Like no one was like, <laughs> no. oh, that's that's sort of weird that she wanted to like have sex with a 13 year old or whatever. I mean, even this just from the, the process pilot, of right. I, I, th- I think it I think this it is, is from the first episode. I think it is. And just even just thinking about filming this scene. Right. That's what <laughs> like, I mean. Like, what was everyone, that like? Oh, my God. <laughs> So, okay, so this is, I'm just hey, trying to figure Doogie out. Doogie last night? They got him good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got Doogie good. <laughs> so he's, he's, uh, he's 14 in the, in the show. Okay. So. All right. At least in the first, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Ben's right. It begins on his 16th birthday. Okay. So this is literally from the series premiere. Oh, 16. Uh, yeah. So, well, oh, me, uh. It doesn't necessarily say that that's party. from the first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It is. It okay. is. Holy yeah. shit. Oh so that's God. also weird, too, that they've like apparently established these characters enough that this woman is clearly a 
attracted to Doogie and he's attracted yeah, to her? This is the pedophile nurse. We the you know oh, there's man. a whole TV tropes page on on the pedophile nurse. So mm. oh my god. I mean Well the TV tropes page. You get a TV tropes page for everything. I love the super narrow TV trope. Oh, it's great. It's, I love it. I'm surprised, John. I'm surprised you're not a big TV tropes person. To be honest, you're not a big I don't TV. Even, what, person, is, what is honestly. that? Like pedophile oh. nurse. Like like okay. So like a TV trope, you might have, you know, like um a TV trope of like a villain that's actually good, right? That yeah. would be something where it's like okay, that's a trope that we see in in television all the time, right? Or like a villain turn, right? You know, someone who turns and they become the friend of the of the hero. But then TV tropes over time, this web page that catalogs these has gotten to the point where these tropes get so narrow. You know, they got so many sub tropes. You get a trope like, you know, pedophile nurse. You get a link for like pedophile nurse birthday prank. You yeah. know, you're like, you click oh, it. It's I like see. pedophile nurse birthday prank is a trope scene. In- <laughs> and then it's, yeah, it's like the longest page you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, I never, yeah. I never heard and, of it. And then I tell you what, it's not to be confused with, you know, pedophile nurse birthday prank is uh, not to be confused with romantic interest uh, you know, doctor Christmas party heel turn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I got to check. These out are related site. tropes, but they're, di- they're different. They're in different. A few they're totally ways. different. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, just so you guys know, we're going to get our, we're getting our own version of Doogie Hauser. Did you guys know this in Canada? You mean? No. <laughs> yeah. In Canada only. No. Uh, Disney plus is doing a reboot of it called Doogie Kamealoha. Okay. No. And it is a, uh, it's the, <laughs> the new series will focus on Lahela Doogie Kamealoha, a female 16 year old mixed race doctor who lives in Hawaii. Okay. Disney plus gave the series a 10 episode straight to series order in September, 2020. Well, I'm really <laughs> hoping in this case now they do not repeat the pilot like beat for beat. Uh, <laughs> that would be real. Yeah. Her first bad. name's really got to be Doogie, huh? They had to go back to the, <laughs> well, had to make sure that the IP, that the brand <laughs> was strong here. Yeah. yeah the Doogie well, cinematic universe. It yeah. also to get just your like, parents back in the Doogie audience. is short for Douglas. So like his name is Douglas. Doogie makes sense as mm-hmm. a nickname for Douglas. It doesn't, I don't quite know how we get to Doogie from Lahela. I'm not quite maybe sure. They, so maybe they're in a universe where the show Doogie Howser existed and they gave her that nickname oh, based on the show. Oh, okay. Maybe so everyone does what your parents do in the first episode. They say like, oh, what, what, who are you? Doogie Howser? Yes. Yeah. And then it, the, the nickname just, you are? just sticks. Yeah. And then it that sticks. Could be, that could be it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's pretty good. Well, wow. speaking of things sticking. Let's move on to our social media updates. What a good segue. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are going to bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied takes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social social, social media. Uh, ben, we always like to start with the guest. What's going on on your social media? Okay. What's going on on my social media? Well, I've been... I've been tweeting about risotto and Top Chef. So that's, okay, so here, so here we go. I've been tweeting about risotto and Top Chef. I try to, you know, I, I get into these grooves where I will, uh, I think like anybody does, you know, where you just like, you land on one thing and then you just try to attack it from every angle that you can, right? So yeah. you're just like, okay, well, you know, I, like the first thing I probably ever did it with was, I don't know, it was like continental breakfast or something. Uh, I think I was inspired by um, 
you guys know the do you guys know nick Yusen? do you know who that is he tweets about movies and yes, stuff a lot i've and, seen him uh, on, yeah, yeah yeah and and he likes movies and he likes the mafia uh those are those are two of his big things uh but i love him i think he's so funny and he always one thing that i always loved about him is that he he'll often like he'll often do stuff where he where he posts about something you know, that's using a very serious sort of meme, like a screen cap from a movie that's very serious, but then it's something that's, that's small that he's tweeting about in like a very exaggerated way. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's this one time when I was staying in some hotels for work a few years ago and I just started going on continental breakfast and like using as many different screen caps as I could find for like just continental breakfast and just dumping it all out there. Right. So like when you're staying at a hotel with no continental breakfast, you know, and then you get Luke Wilson from Royal Tenenbaums shaving and saying, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. And so then it's just like, okay, well now I'm the continental breakfast guy. Right. And I started making, you know, making videos with continental breakfast. I made some videos I loved. Like I made a video from, from John Wick, you know, where he goes through the, uh, the bathhouse killing, right. The bathhouse scene. Right. And I, 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 I keyframed text to like the gun and to every person he killed <laughs> that was like, there was like syrup and like putting it on pancakes and waffles <laughs> and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like he's firing <laughs> syrup at the pancakes and waffles. I had to take it down for copyright, but, uh, but so there's like that. So like once I got into that groove every so often, I just land on a thing and then I just, <laughs> I just start going on it, you know? Yeah. And so recently on top chef, someone tried to make risotto, you know? And like, that's like a big no, no on top chef is like, it's just, you always, people always screw up risotto. No one's right. ever like, it's just one of the big, it's, it's not it's worth always, the risk. Basically. It's not worth the risk. It's always, yeah. it's always too, it's always too firm. You know, it never yeah. cooks down enough. You know, you can make a risotto. So I post about this, like, for example, I posted about the risotto and someone replied like, you know, anyone can make a risotto when they have all the time in the world but when you only have 30 minutes or, you know, whatever. And then I like posted that with like a picture of the Joker from dark Knight. you know, yeah. <laughs> like you're going back and forth with that. Right. And like, uh, and so then I get on my groove there with the, with the, uh, with the risotto. I like, I posted some like spec dialogue from Seinfeld about talking about risotto and how you can't rush a risotto and like Wilson and uh, Tim from home improvement, Wilson talking about how, making a risotto is, is like loving a woman, you know, and Tim, Tim is like, why don't you just dump all the broth in all at once? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Dude. And I posted like, <laughs> that was good, John. That, that was, was really, really good. good. Thank that you. was, that was perfect. Oh my God. I didn't wow. even have, I didn't have room in the tweet to put the grunt in. So I was hoping that <laughs> I got the you. reader would got insert you. it themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I'm one of my most recent risotto tweets. Someone responded with the Wikipedia link to, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the Wikipedia link to the term, uh, e idea, like fixed idea, 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 idea fixe, French, idea, <laughs> yeah, idea yeah. fixe, idea fixe. Someone, resp someone responded with the term idea fixe, just the, the link to the Wikipedia page. And I clicked it and it says, an ide fix is a preoccupation of mind believed to be firmly resistant to any attempt to modify it. A fixation. <laughs> I totally relate. Like that's, I, I will go through like uh, stages where I'm obsessed with bar rescue. 
Like it'll yes. be like a month at a time where I'm, it's like all I'm watching. It's all I'm talking about. So I, I to, like you're you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, yeah, I feel like John maybe not as much. I think John is John is sort of normal, uh, and so <laughs> that doesn't happen to him as much. I notice it with uh, with with our friend uh, Felix Biederman as well. Like he yes. will, I mean, he's the king of that. I think where you know it'll be like Gibbons or it'll be right now. It's like it's like Dark Souls or or Sekiro or, or isn't he like kind that. of right now tweeting like he's uh, like mom blogger. He was doing that for like two days, I think, as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 that sort of thing. I love I love that shit. It's I love uh, it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. you know what it reminds me of, and is and this will probably be familiar to to John anyways. Like you know, it's like filling your page up with like t- it's like it's like writing a joke in a notebook and then just filling it up with all of your tags, right? And then you're just like, okay, like what's all the different ways I can approach this, you know? And yeah. adding in the images or whatever, it's like like I basically you just you just get to dump all that out and it's like a creative exercise you know yeah uh, i i would say i don't do that as much cuz i usually write the perfect tag right away but um <laughs> um but yeah I, I mean the the risotto balls that i i just i brought over the arancini i believe uh john did i say that right uh yeah okay delicious wonderful i, I don't know ben have you had those before oh yeah i've i've never had the frozen ones but i've had them uh I've had them. I've had them fresh Ooh, from the North End in Boston. Wow! Yeah, oh, they're so nice. Made they're by so made by Anona, I presume. Oh my god! We can only assume. Yeah. 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 I just yeah. bought these in the in like the freezer section of a store. So now I feel <laughs> well, those might have been made by Anona. Maybe you know in a factory yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, factory Nona. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I. I, I mean, I'm a high type. I get a hundred percent just obsessed with with like one yeah one thing at a time basically. Um, and it's why, like, I think it's, it's partially why I have this, this huge backlog of like, uh, of like books to read and like video games to play as well. Like my steam library is a disaster because I'll get obsessed with a game for like a week and then I'll be like, I want to try something else. You know? Um, I got the new, I got the new Pokemon snap the other day and I, I've, I've been playing it a lot, but I know I'm just going to get bored of it. Uh, probably by the time this episode comes out. So (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like totally relate to that. Again, John is the normal one here and, and he is, this does not I mean, happen I'm not that. I mean, I'm not that normal, but well, okay. Yeah. Relative. <laughs> well, no, like, I mean, obviously compared to you. Yeah. But I mean, I think relatively speaking, yeah. Like I think of, like, I think of t- like teaching, like I'm, I mean, I'm fucked up for a teacher, you know, it's all relative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely. just mean in terms of, like, my sense of humor and the way that I, like, joke around and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's pretty like, twisted stuff, you know? Oh, I'm twisted, baby. I'm basically yeah. Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. As soon as I get into school, I'm like, ah, you know, they're like, yeah, exactly. stay away from that librarian, you know? Yeah. Uh, Do you come in on the first day of school with a, with a J on your... Yeah, messed up J on your. Yeah, face I wear and... the. Um, I buy those like costume shop tattoo sleeves, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I wear like yeah. a short sleeve shirt, and then I like pull them off, and I'm like, "See, kids, not everything is what it seems." Like, <laughs> you know, it's just all. It's all like learning. You know. Yeah, um, that's good, Stefan. What's going on in your social media? Well, look, I was going to talk about the big freak that I found this week, but I, yeah. I, I dedicated the newsletter to him. Uh, I've I've tweeted about him a lot. So His name is Pivot. I'm doing a pivot because of something that's happening right now to me on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> oh, right this second, right this second. Okay. Um, if you want to see the freak, he's at the Toy Man One on on the Twitter. Toy Man. He is search banned, so you have to actually, when you search a term from him, you have to 
go to the latest column, he's not going to show up in the top column or the photos column. Or How are you like search that. banned? What does that mean? Uh, I, I don't know why. I think it happens when a lot of people are searching for, for one person or something. It's, it's, it's very funny to me because like it, it is kind of a form of shadow banning, I guess. And it's, it, it's a, just a very concept, a very funny, a very concept. It's a very funny concept to me to, to think about like me becoming a big, like free speech alt-right guy. But, but because I can't search for a conservative guy's bad posts because he has been shadow banned. Um, but anyway, if you want to search his stuff, you have to go to the latest column. There's some absolutely insane shit in there. He's, he's totally unhinged. Um, what's happening to me right now is that I, I tweeted a picture of, uh, Kiki, uh, my cat, um, sitting next to my, my television while I was watching a movie. Cause she just sat there staring into space for basically the whole movie. And I thought it was very funny. And friends of, of the pod, um, Chris James and, uh, and his partner, Emma, uh, are sort of roasting me for the lighting situation in, in oh, my room. Oh, okay. Let me check this mm. out here. And I'm I don't not, know if I saw it. It's I don't know. It doesn't. You know what? It doesn't feel. I'm. I'm. Uh, what I'm realizing now is it. It doesn't feel great when people are bullying you on the internet. So I'm. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna be a nice guy now online. Okay. From, from so this on. is. So what are what are people saying here? So you. So you. Your tweet here. You got Kiki sitting beside your TV, or, and. You said love when she sits there completely still throughout an entire movie. Yes. And then, oh, okay. So they're, so they're roasting you because the lighting you situation. have the light on. Yes. Oh, I see. Which I understand. I mean, this was, we were watching this last night at around mm. seven o'clock. So, or seven or eight. So it was still kind of light outside, but we had a lamp on in, inside and we had the kitchen light on. So, you know, there's, there's a bit of reflection on the, on the TV um, so I, look, I understand, but I mean, I, I don't think like here's, here's what gets me is, is Chris says, I can literally see the shadows on the screen shaking my goddamn head. <laughs> yeah. I said, I forgot to turn off the lights. I was so engrossed in the film. Uh, the movie was riders of justice, uh, a, a Danish movie with Mads Mikkelsen. It's a very funny movie. Uh, and then Chris says, incredible movie. I particularly enjoyed how I was able to see it clearly due to the screen being significantly brighter than the room I was watching it in. So, I've just been obliterated online and this doesn't happen very often. And I, I don't think, but, uh, it hurts, you know, and from, from, uh, from friends of mine, from Chris and Emma, you know? So John, how do you deal with being constantly owned online? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You just gotta, <laughs> that was good. You just gotta take it all in stride, man. Uh, here's, here's the thing. I mean, I, I just sort I sort of subscribe to the school of I've never been owned and I will never be owned, you know? And so that's, that's really it. You just kind of, you know, getting owned is as much about you as it is about the person owning you, right? Like oh, if yeah. you yeah. don't believe you've been owned, then you can't be owned, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's really the kind of the mentality you have to take into everything. My new thing that I'm doing, and, and this is kind of, this has been a nice one actually, is if people are, you know, attempting or if they're getting mad at me online or whatever i'll just say i hope this made you feel better and then i will say their first name <laughs> if it's in their profile i'll be like i hope this made you feel better chris or you know whatever oh, wow yeah. and That's it's almost move. it's almost kind of the like you know when y you are a big fan of the move of like someone says oh you left your light on while the movie's playing and you're like no i didn't and they're like, I can see the picture. And you're like, I didn't that uh, the picture's a lie or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's I feel like kind of that's my new play. That's like my logical next step of that move of like, you know, you're obviously this person is maybe an angry person or they're yeah. just got to get some shit out in their life, you know? And so you just I just say, look, I hope this made you feel better. That's and smart. Um, 
it shuts people down. I will say people don't usually they, they don't know where to go from there, you know, because they can just they could choose, I guess, to just continue getting mad. But I've already I'm already I've left like they get that I've now exited this conversation. Yeah, that's so smart. I think this is a case where uh, like turnabout is, is fair play sort of because sure. I we did roast Chris for the upside down. I was Apple about to TV. say Chris posted a photo of his of his TV, his setup. He was watching a movie. He was having a great time. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> someone DM'd us saying like, "You guys need to see this." His Apple yes. TV is upside down and like zoomed in on the photo. <laughs> yes. And so some we had like we had like intelligence on this photo. Yes. And and then we did we did post because I think this guy was too scared to post about it and incur the wrath of Chris, which I understand. Um, so we yeah, posted I mean, it about it. I fear nothing from Chris, but sure. But he I got think, very mad. Yeah. I think the main so, thing is like, you know, you just watch the movie however you want. You know, I, I don't, Thank I'm not you. a big, Thank I mean, you, I know I'm not, I'm not the, the pods, obviously resident movie guy and I'm not a big movie guy, Yeah. but the whole, like, I, I think movie people are, are whack are wackos <laughs> to me, you know, just the whole, like, Oh, you, you oh you didn't watch it like this or or the whole you know you got to see a movie in a theater or, or did you even see it you know kind of that sort right. of mentality it's like if you want to leave the lights on if you want to watch like just you can watch a movie however you want to you know what I mean like I it just seems it's a little bit too you, uh, it's a little bit too oh oh there's shadows on the TV that would never happen in my house I don't care for that. I think anything you can do to project positivity in a scenario like this is that's how I think that's how you win. Yeah. You know, because if you so you, you know, something like I guess the I guess I just think that, you know, and I don't know who um I don't recall off the top of my head, I'd have to search my head for who uh, Anders Thomas Jensen, I, I was thinking about it, the guy who made Riders of Justice. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be like, you know, I think Anders Thomas Jensen, I guess I just think he made a movie that was good enough that it could hold up to any viewing conditions. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I guess I just respect Anders Thomas Jensen's work enough to think that it could be viewed under any conditions and still be really good. Oh, that's really good. That's good. Yeah. So oh my God. I might actually, you guys just I might, don't trust him. That's good. I might actually phone Chris and say that to him. A little something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The other route I go sometimes, you know, is if you can be nice back, you know, this is, it's similar to the, it's similar to the, I hope this made you feel better, you know, John, or hope this made you feel better, Dan. It's like one time someone said to me, and I was, I was baiting, I was baiting people. So it's not really fair. You know, I said, you don't have to cut grilled cheeses diagonally, which is a ludicrous position. You really do. (laughs) But someone said to me, I don't know you and I'm glad I don't. And I said to them, the feeling isn't mutual. You're probably a decent guy. Most people are. And That's I think good. anytime you can fire back with a little something like that, where yeah. does someone go from there? I'm going to yeah. phone you know? Chris right now. Hold on. <laughs> go for it. Okay. okay. All right. Let's see if he actually answers. He'll answer. He's going to be mad, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, Chris. Oh, I need Do this you ever so call bad. him? No. Oh, Fuck no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever called him in my life. <laughs> oh, come on, Chris. Come on. Well, it's good to know if you were in an emergency and you needed help. Yeah. I don't why well, I don't think I would call Chris if I was in an no, emergency. No, that you're but... that's right. You'd call me. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, come on. That would be a better move. 
Come on. Wow, well, that's really ringing. It's going. Yeah, so I think maybe he'll just call us back at some point. Does he not have the... a voicemail? Call not answered. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, need to call him. Can you call him? Yeah. Yeah, I'll call. Have to be screening his calls. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) That would actually be. Oh wait, he's calling back. He's calling back. He's calling back. He's calling back. Okay. Here we go. Hey, hey, Chris. What up? Uh, We're recording an episode right now. I just wanted to say. I think like the, you know, the, the brightness on my TV during the movie, I think maybe it's just that I respect the director, Anders Thomas Jensen enough, uh, to, to think that it can be watched under any conditions really and enjoyed under any conditions. That's a counter. That doesn't make any sense at all. If you respected the director, you would want to watch it under the conditions that movies meant to be watched under. And that's what in a dark room, like a movie theater. Have you, have you spoken to him about that? Have you spoken to him about that? Do you know for sure if that's what he... Speak Danish, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive too, because Danish people speak excellent English. They do. <laughs> uh, you, you, you notice it watching the movie because there's a lot of English being. I mean, writer, writers <laughs> of justice. Anders Thomas Jensen doesn't speak English. Yeah, incredible. Oh, come I should, on, I should, I should call him back. Yeah. Chris actually roasted himself. He did. He he showed I don't his ass speak there. Danish. Yeah, yeah. Break, so why he don't speaks you English, something? so yeah, learn some Danish. <laughs> maybe watch John. it with the maybe study the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John, what's going on in your social media? <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, this episode's <laughs> been a lot. You know, um, I, I have a I have an update actually, Stefan, and I don't even think I told you about this. Uh, so we've talked on the show. I, I just did a cull in the herd about this guy, but we've talked on the show before about Tony Poznanski. Yes. Uh, ben, are you, are you familiar with, uh, with Tony's work? <laughs> sort of one of the internet's <laughs> stranger figures. Yes. So, so for those of you who don't know, maybe if you're listening for the first time, Tony Poznanski is this, is this weird guy who has a lot of Twitter followers. Um, and he does this, he does like almost like children's art and he sells it. And that's, that's his like kind of grift. He'll make these like stick figures of political figures. Uh, He also is doing this new thing where he puts stickers on the art. So he'll, he'll draw like stick figures being like, it gets better than put like rainbow and mermaid stickers on it and stuff. And he, and he tries to sell this art and we've tried to get some off of him. It's been very difficult because he he seems to for a guy who proclaims to make his living selling this art he doesn't seem all that interested in selling it to anyone we've had multiple listeners both myself and stefan have tried to buy it off of him yeah he He's, seems he seems to be operating under the assumption that everyone trying to buy art off him is doing it ironically and he yes. is correct to do so like he is correct 100% yes. so we actually had a listener get really close so normally what oh, happens, they didn't get it i thought they got no it. so normally what happens is he will say they will say i'm interested so if you can get deep enough where he doesn't just insta block you yeah. what he will always say is make me an offer and then usually people <laughs> will offer yeah which is that's the way that you sell things yeah <laughs> so he will the very first and he won't say anything else. You could be like, Tony, I love your art. You're like one of the biggest inspirations ever to me. I love your Twitter feed. I've been following you for years. Yeah. I'm your uh, biggest fan. And he'll just write, make me an offer. Or he'll That's tell you it. to go kill yourself or he'll or that. Yeah. If he thinks yeah. you're trolling. So then if you make him an offer that he deems to be unacceptable, then he will say like, fuck you. I hope you get killed and he'll block you or whatever. So we've had that experience where like quite a few yeah. of our listeners have like tried to get into his DMS 
and he just ends up getting insulted by the offer and goes away. He has so he we, has a really good like irony detector. I, I for will sure. say, yeah. So Sam uh, did really well. Sam got the furthest uh, anyone has ever gotten. Um, they sent this to us. Uh, all they did was copy the Poznanski tweet with some art, and then wrote, "Hey man, could you give me an idea of cost?" And okay. then Tony replied, "Make an offer." All right. Then Sam replied, uh, I'm just uh, shooting in the dark here, but I could probably do something like $70 plus shipping bracket. I'm in Scotland. Tony wrote back, not a bad offer at all. I do generally sell my art for 200 to 400 each (laughs) as it's my career. (laughs) Would you be willing to make an offer over 100, any offer over 100? And I will add two pieces. Plus I will pay for shipping all inclusive. Okay. So, so he he says he normally sells it for two hundred to four hundred, but if you just offer me one hundred and a penny, I will take it basically and give you more and two more pieces. Yeah, and pay like forty dollars and triple how much I'm giving you to Scotland. Yeah, yes, great business mind here. Totally. The Tostito lays three for one from game night immediately comes to mind (laughs) uh, as Tony negotiates against himself here. Yes. So Sam wrote back, okay, I think that could work. Let me get back to you later today with a definitive answer. Tony wrote, that usually means no, which is fine. Take care, my friend. And then (laughs) Sam wrote us and asked if we would be willing to pay for it because we've been saying for a while we want some of his art. So we said yes, that we would pay the $100 or whatever. And I said, I said, yes, we will pay $101 for it. Maybe there's a way you could get it shipped directly to us instead of having to route it through Scotland. But we also don't want to lose him. Like 20 people have tried and we can't seem to get him on the hook. <laughs> then Sam said, okay, let me message him and see if he responds after that last sour note. My strategy was to send him compliments and like his links for a couple weeks before asking. And okay. I said, hell yeah, it obviously worked. And then Sam wrote, I told him I was up for buying. Uh, and then I also told him that I wanted, it was a gift for my uncle in Canada and I wanted it sent to him directly. And he blocked me. <laughs> no. Oh, oh no. So close. Oh. So close. Oh, thank you, Sam. So oh. we got so, Sam got so close. So that's the closest okay. anyone's ever got. If someone yeah. wants to do it, obviously you're going to have to get it shipped to you and then we will pay to get it shipped to us. But that's we got so oh close god. to having a nice little tony posnanski to put up in the studio right here so. oh my god i want that more than anything in the world <laughs> and so great work Sam. These, i mean they look horrible yes oh yeah they're this awful not, whatever really if, if there's anyone listening who hasn't seen these things whatever you're picturing when he said children's art doesn't it's like art done by children not art for children I mean, yeah. it's like art done by a, it but looks not like it's even because like, because children, I think the, know how to draw stick people. He draws stick people in such a weird way. Like they look like ancient runes or something. And it's not, yeah. it's very it's, strange. It's, it's got a real Mr. You know, Mr. Police. We gave you all the clues kind of yes. vibe to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, but hopefully then we'll Lisa be able to Frank kind of yes. paste it over it, which makes it more serial killer. Yeah. Like the markers that were also like stamps at the end, you know, having those. <laughs> yes. Really, yeah. The markers definitely smell right. Yes. Like blue, the blue smells like blueberry. The red smells yeah. like cherry. It's got For that sure. type of vibe. Like artwork that they would have found when they found the room from room. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Would have found yeah. it on the walls of the room. 
God. It's, well, and I've said this before on the show, like the stick figures, I didn't know that it was possible to draw a stick figure poorly or lazily, <laughs> but he actually has managed to do it as he literally just draws an X and then puts a line and a head coming out of it. Like he doesn't even do, you know, you usually do your body, then your legs, then you add the arms like his is literally just an X with a little line and a circle sticking out of it. Uh, yeah, it's really truly brutal uh so thank you sam we're glad you got so close but unfortunately you got blocked but it was a great effort and speaking of getting blocked let's move on to our block tale what did you tweet you brought receipts block tale woo no longer can see the post it's a block tale woo you probably deserved it it's a block tale uh great i mean dan you timed that drop perfectly yeah, we're bringing incredible. back the theme songs live i mean you started it as i was doing the segue Unbelievable. i mean just yeah beautiful skill from producer dan uh ben i'm excited because uh you know this was you had actually sent this block to me um you know we'd started following each other on twitter a while ago and and you sent this block to me saying hey like i have an amazing block story for the show and it is it's great so uh the floor is yours i'm happy to i can't wait to hear it yeah. Yeah, this is I'm um, so I'm I'm sending this link to you guys so you can see and then I also put it into like an imgur so if you want to paste it anywhere for anybody to just sure. click through and see the whole story they can see it um any listeners uh and it actually it it does <laughs> it dovetails with the block tail very nicely because it's a uh, it's an anti block. Okay, so I want to I want to set everyone up initially here. There's no block here. Right. This is I messaged you with an anti block. It's like the what is the opposite? How what is the opposite of what where a block could come and, yeah. and no block arrived? And it also dovetails very nicely with the Tony Poznanski thing because we were just talking about drawings. So yes. um okay. So the art critic, Jerry Saltz, he's the he's the art critic for um New York uh magazine. Yeah. He has a Pulitzer Prize in criticism. He was the art critic for the Village Voice. He's one of the, you know, the Globe's contemporary premier art critics. Um, he became he he became the sort of main character of Twitter, so to speak, earlier in the um, in the pandemic. At one point, in a, at one moment, when he tweeted himself buying all of his coffee for the week. Yes. Um, oh, that was insane. Yes. Oh my <laughs> from like, God. Uh, where was it from Duncan or from seven? It was like a gas Duncan, station or something. Yeah. 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 Gas yeah. station coffee. Yeah. He bought like all of his copies for the week, poured them into different cups or whatever, put them in his fridge for the week. Just yeah. it's sort of, um, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Super maladjusted behavior. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> he, um, he tweeted, uh, this very self-satisfied kind of take a good critic always puts more into writing about art a good critic always puts more into writing about artwork than the artist put into making it. Mm. The artist only creates. Oh. The critic must plumb that creation and also write creatively enough to deliver the full volume of the art while also creating <sighs> a thing of beauty and clarity. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So he's saying, you know, that the critic works harder than the artist because the critic has to capture the art as well as basically creating, you know, another thing, right, in their criticism of the art. So I, so this tweet, you know, this was some early morning tweet. It was flying around. It looks like the timestamp on that was 7.52 a.m. So this is where being up bright and early with my daughter helps, you know, for me to start 
kind of grinding in the um the posting factory here catch the early catch the early takes um <laughs> and uh so that was flying around and what i did was i went and i drew i looked up i did a couple <laughs> things i looked up you know i got a picture of jerry salt and then i looked up some reference art because I, I wanted to get this right i looked up some reference art um, just for some anatomical figures to to look yeah. like what does it look like when someone is basically sucking their own dick you know yes. Um, I, I wanted to get, so I got pictures of that. So I looked at that to get the, cause I'm not great at figure drawing, uh, from memory. You wouldn't know it looking at these drawings. Yeah. It's solid. Well, I had a reference. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. I appreciate that. So I drew, I, so I, I, I just in pen on paper, ink on paper, you know, Ben Flores, 2021, I drew, um, Jerry Saltz, um, bent over with his feet behind his, or on his back with his feet behind his head, um, sucking his own dick and his hands on his ass. He's like uh, spreading his ass. Also, <laughs> spreading his of, ass yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sucking his own dick. And, uh, <laughs> and it says review of Jerry Saltz's tweet. <laughs> um, and then I, tw- I quote tweeted him with that. And I said, worked really hard on this, um, which was not quite true. But, it, but what I wanted to do with this was I wanted to capture, actually, I kind of did want to respect what he was saying by like, you know, I wanted to actually do the drawing, you know? So I did the drawing. And, um, so I tweeted that and to my surprise, so this is where I, you know, one might expect that, um, someone else might block you for that just right off the bat. Jerry Saltz replied to me, uh, he said, and he didn't, he doesn't follow me, you know, but he replied to me, your work looks too much like John Lennon's drawings, um, <laughs> which cut me deep. Um, <laughs> so I had to go look up John Lennon's drawings and I can see that the criticism is merited. Um, so I, you know, so I saw, okay, that's merited. So I thought, well, let me, rather than fire back at, I guess this goes along with what I was saying earlier about how do you, how do you, how do you make something out of the argument where it goes somewhere that's a little more joyful, you know, like where we can have some fun with it. And it's like, rather than argue with Jerry what if I take, what if I basically accept his premise that my art needs work and I try to incorporate that? Yeah. So I, so I, what I did is I took a couple of artists that I thought of right off the bat that have distinctive styles. So I thought of Keith Haring who draws those big kind of blocky dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I thought of, um, Juan, Juan, Juan or Juan, Joan, Juan Miro. Yeah. Um, is it Juan? It's spelled J O A N and I never know how to pronounce it. Um, yeah, I think Juan it's Miro. like, it's like Juan. It's like, Juan. A, it's like Juan. Juan. Yeah. Juan. I'm Juan guessing. Miro. I don't actually know for sure. Um, and Juan Miro does a lot of art that has kind of like little lines and then fig and then geometric shapes. And so I looked at those for references, got some inspiration, went back to my original figure. And then I redrew two more drawings of Jerry Saltz, you know, that were more impressionistic and sucking his own dick again in the styles of Keith Haring and Juan Miro. And I said, I have taken your feedback into consideration and reinterpreted my own piece of criticism in a couple of different styles instead. A masturbatory exercise to be sure, but I can honestly say I have grown as an artist. And he replied to that. He said, the one on the right might lead to things. If you consider mystic diagrams, ancient star charts, wooden tide maps, Oceana, Paul Clay, and columns in India, you only need 1% originality to possibly ignite a burning bush. Now do you see? Read my book, How to Be an Artist. <laughs> Work now. So, and then, I, and then I thought, you know what? I went to Amazon 
I paid $12 and I bought Jerry Saltz's <laughs> book, How to Be an Artist, and I screen capped it. And I replied to him, all right, arriving tomorrow by 10 p.m. And I said, all right, Jerry, you win. And so now I've got his book and I started reading it. <laughs> oh my God. I also yeah. like that the... I do enjoy the hubris it takes to be an art critic writing a book on how to be an artist. Yeah. That he's not yeah. an artist himself, but he's like, well, look, I've seen enough art and I know what's good and what's bad. And so I'm going to write a book about that. That is yeah, impressive he is a, to me. He is a, a frustrated and, you know, and I think commercially or professionally failed artist. And he's grappling with that in the book. And it's, uh, gotcha. and what he's learned from that. And so, it is, it is interesting, but it was like, uh, <laughs> it was just, uh, uh, it brought, it made my day, it made my week. It like, it was so much fun to go back and forth with him and have this thing where it was like, uh, this repartee that could have led to him just shutting me down. I mean, cause it's a really yeah. aggressive thing to do to someone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me really like Jerry Saltz. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, the the respect developed immensely, especially when he ultimately pulls the, you know, what could one consider the grift of, of selling me his book at the end of this back and forth. Yeah, and successfully doing so as well. Oh yeah, so, it was yeah. great getting replies from people being like, you know, like one person goes to me like, I hope you didn't actually buy that. You do not need this book. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, is that a, com I don't know if there's a compliment like that. What I'm doing, like, is that a compliment? Is what I'm doing so artistic? I don't need it. And you know, other people being like, just like, like Jerry got to give this one to Jerry, you know, hustlers hustle, you know, <laughs> sort of like they stay on their grind. Uh, loved it. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. That's like, that's like the best possible Twitter exchange you could have. I think it's just yeah. very, very, it was, you know, it started out with you drawing a picture of a guy sucking his own dick. And then you bought his book. I mean, what more can you ask for? It was, and I will say, all three drawings are are quite good. It was, it was like, thank you, because it was fun too to draw. You know, yeah. I don't sit down and draw that often anymore. No. So if that was the thing that got me to, you got to imagine that Jerry Saltz, it's a win for him if he gets one person to put their pen back to paper. You know, and just <laughs> not be, not and because they're going to make it. It was like yeah. a win, sell win, a win. Book, yeah. You yeah. know. I mean, what's his, he wants people to make art. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's nice. I mean, you know, we're 128 episodes into the show. Uh, most of it is about being mean to people. So, um, I respect that you went a different way with it. And I think a lot of people can learn from that, you know, um, Stefan and I won't learn anything cause we're no. stupid. Um, yeah. but you know, people listening might learn something as well. And maybe Clayton who's listener block this week, uh, just caught me off guard. I just, it was, it's just the, 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 what makes this very funny to me is just, it's, it's not that crazy of a block, but it's just the account that he got blocked by. And I'm going to save that until the end. So Clayton writes, hello, John, Stefan and guest. I'm not normally a shit stirrer online, but something about Joe Rogan going anti-vax and the absolute loot, the absolute rubes walrus clapping and applause at this dumbassery. Well, sir, it was more than I could bear today. Here are the receipts. Thanks. Love the show. And so uh, Clayton links it. And so this account had wrote, had quote tweeted the Joe Rogan uh, thing about vaccines and said, if you inject experimental drugs into your children just to virtue signal, you're out of your mind. Good to see Joe Rogan with some common sense here. No reason for young and healthy people to worry about this. 
And then Clayton wrote, no reason for young people to worry about spreading this disease to other people who might not be as healthy. Fuck out of here, you dumbasses. You're as smooth lobed as Rogan. And then they got blocked. And the account that they got blocked by is sure. at path to manliness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And there was just something about that that just really got me going. Uh, path to manliness, uh, which is great. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, is it yeah, a two so or is it T O it's T O they have 56,000 followers okay. and their Twitter bio is so the, <laughs> the cover image is just like, uh, it's like a prairie road with just like blue sky in the background, the prairie road at the bottom. And then it just says path to manliness, masculinity, writing, fitness, wisdom, uh, and then the Twitter bio is when the barbarians are at the gates, mm-hmm. suddenly masculinity is no longer toxic. Be a better man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Makes sense. And they also, it looks like they wrote a book called uh, how to escape the quarter life crisis uh, by Ryan Fellman. Uh, and so that's always good. I think a lot of people are, looking for ways to solve that. I think it definitely like a 25 year old guy writing a book for other 25 year old guys is definitely really cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. If we subscribe by email, he'll give us a copy of it for free. Okay. We may have to actually do that. We may have to get that. So so this says, uh, so this is how to escape the quarter life crisis. One of the biggest, uh, sorry, most men, the tagline is most men live lives of quiet desperation. Uh, One of the biggest shocks to a man's life is going from the fast-paced college life to the slower career life. Overnight, you lose most of the close friends that you lived with, drank with, and bonded with. It can even be depressing to see your youthful, energetic, and optimistic classmates replaced with older, overweight, and dull co-workers. This often leads to what is called a quarter-life crisis. I began to buy into the lie that college is the best time of your life. Most of my days revolved around working long hours, hitting the gym, and then pouring a glass of bourbon and watching a movie. This is the guide to ensure you don't end up living a life of quiet desperation. Discover how to stay in contact with your old friends while also forging new connections. Create your own guide for your own life. Blah, blah, blah. And then it ends with, society is sedentary and soft. You sit in your car, you eat processed food, you sit in front of your computer for eight hours a day, you sit in your car again, you sit on the couch and you watch dumb shows on TV or play video games. If you get out of this trap lifestyle, you'll see your mood and your life improve. So sure. Yeah. I think you and I could be, I mean, you and I could definitely be more manly men, dude. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I buy a lot of that stuff. I just don't want to hear about it from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it's he's hitting yeah. the nail on the head with some of it. Sure. But, you know, then you get the hint of um, what his solutions are, what is the flavor of his solutions. And, uh, and I don't want to go there. I don't want to yeah. walk down the path to man, man. I don't think I don't think that the solution to my social isolation uh, in modern society that leads me to despair is to, like, become more alpha or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how those things are going to connect. Well, that's why you got to buy the book, Ben. I do have um, to buy the book. I have, you well, wanna, I have to sign up for his newsletter. First, yeah. Get the first you free. do, and then and then you get the book for free. So 
Yeah. Uh, if you want to send in a listener block, just like Clayton, you can do so at blocked at blockedparty.com or you can fill out the form on our website. Uh, if you want to donate to the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash blockedparty where $5 a month gets you access to four bonus episodes every month. This week, uh, we just put up another hell block. Stefan talks about getting blocked by Chuck Wendig. And we also posted the uh, video from our live stream with David J. Roth, where we watched a bunch of sports bloopers. Uh, people are really enjoying that as well. So that's every month. You get three bonus episodes plus access to a live show it's uh, it's a lot of fun we also have newsletters we've got a uh, yearly subscriptions it's all over there so you can check that out you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at blocked party pod you can always rate and review the show on itunes or subscribe all of that stuff helps us uh get pushed up their stupid charts or whatever i don't know i just say it every week just tell a friend if you like the show just tell someone you like it and that maybe they should check it out uh ben we're here at the end of the show and we always finish off the show with a top three three two one I love it. Ben, your topic, please. Right now, I'm, I just reread the book, The Name of the Wind. Have you guys read this book? No. Fantasy. It's a fantasy novel. It's um, like a hugely popular fantasy novel that is a trilogy that is now, people are worried about it not getting finished, you know, similar to Game of, Th- Game of Thrones situation um, where, where like the second book came out 10 years ago or something and uh, uh, people are concerned. But it's a coming of age story and a guy learns magic in it and all this. And, and there's this magician in the story. There's a story, there's a frame story, right? And within the frame story, there's a story about a magician, like the, the famous magician Taberlin the Great. Tabalern knew the names of all things, and so all things were to his command. He said to the stone, break, and the stone broke. Right? So like this trope of a magician, they know the sorcerer, they know the name of the wind, and they can command the wind. Right? So my question is, what are the top three things that in your, like in like a household object, nothing huge, not wind, not fire, not water, right? Not death. What are the three three household objects that if you could know their names and have them to your command, what would they be? Ooh. Oh, this is good. That's tasty. Okay. Uh, ben, what's your number three? My number three is laundry. I I can't stand folding laundry. I don't mind putting it in the hamper, but, or I don't mind putting it in, but I can't stand folding it. So if I could make the laundry fold itself and put it away, I, well, that would be amazing. Okay. Yeah. I th- I feel like a lot of this is going to lend itself to like chores and, and stuff yeah. because my number three is, is the dishwasher. Um, loading, unloading at all, it all, it sucks. It's not fun. Um, so I think, I think for me, yeah, number three dishwasher, you know, if I'm able to just kind of control that and get it to do its own shit, then, uh, I'm on board. John. Well, guys, I'm not going to lie. While you were talking about all that, I started reading The Path to Manliness. And uh, <laughs> my number three is my damn wife. Uh, I can just finally get some control over her. I mean, holy smokes. I could really start to improve my overall mood. So um, that would be awesome. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I don't. I Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, I would say uh, 
my fridge uh but like more specifically like i want to be able to control the drinks like i want to be able to be on my couch and i want a seltzer i want a kombucha whatever and i can just i speak the name of it and it appears in my hand and i don't have to go like i don't have to get up and get it you know that's That's sort of like the the sort of lap of luxury that i want to be um caressed in so that's my number three. Ben, your number two. Wow. It just streams out of the fridge. Like there's just a stream of liquid out of the fridge into your mouth even. You know, Ooh, it just moves yeah. through the air. I know? mean, now you can talking. command the drink. It doesn't That's a great call. Yeah. If you could, amazing. if you, if they could cut, if it could drop the can on the table, open the can. And then when I'm ready <laughs> yeah. for a sip, it just streams the, si- oh. Oh, like yeah. a straw, with it, like a strawless straw. Yes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. For now me, my number That should have been my number one. <laughs> see and laundry should have been my number one but that was really all i had ready so you know, <laughs> for, for me my number two so now my wheels have been spinning for me my number two is going to be the cat's food because mm. i got this dance where i've got to crack the cat's can of food open get the food into the into the dish for her to start eating it and then i sneak into the bedroom and close the door and i've got to do that thing in a pavlovian fashion very quickly so they're connected so that because if she gets because if she eats for too long and then i come in the room it's like they're not connected enough and then she realizes i'm in the room and she comes over and claws at the door right so if i could be in the room and get the can of food to crack from here if i start hearing her paw at the door yeah that would be beautiful yeah that's i i would i would love to have something like that as well kiki's kind of the same way where uh you know very driven by food uh, okay. My number two is, uh, electric razor. I would like to be able to, like John said, be laying on the couch. I guess in this case, I'd be laying on a towel and just have my razor <laughs> shave my pubes for me as I'm like watching a movie. Um, <laughs> and I think also knowing that there's no chance that, cause I have mastered this with my mind. There's no chance it's going to, uh, nick my, my balls or, mm, or yeah. anything else like that would be, would be fantastic. So, um, yeah. Number two for me is the electric razor. That's a smart one. I yeah. like that. Uh, my number two, I'm going to go with my closet, uh, not my clothes closet, but we have a storage closet in the front of our house. And as you can imagine, or our apartment and, you know, anyone who lives in an apartment, I'm sure can, you know, uh, level with having a sort of storage space that's very small and you got to kind of keep all your stuff in there. And I, you know, I've got my curling stuff, my hockey stuff, my baseball stuff. We've got a mattress in there, whatever. And it all get into our Christmas stuff and it's all kind of stacked like floor to ceiling. So I'm just imagining that I have control over the objects in the closet where I can just get them to leave the closet for me when I need them. And when I go into the closet, I don't have to move six things out of the way to go and grab the stuff out of my closet. It's just a nice, I can pull the stuff out as I need it. And, uh, and I just don't have to think about it. You know, it would save me a lot of time, especially like hockey. You got to get yeah. the, the bag and it's heavy and all, you know, it'd be just beautiful to be able to lift my hockey bag out of the closet and right at the front door ready for my game. So that's my number two, Ben, your number one. That electric razor thing is really, it's really sounding appealing to me because I'm imagining not even, I'm not just a pubes thing, but I'm imagining trimming, trimming my facial hair and the, the hair gets, gets every, gets everywhere. Yeah. You know, and, and if I could somehow have control over where that hair goes as I'm cutting it, yes. you know, um, and then also just give, giving myself, you know, how fly would I look if I could have command of my razor to give myself a haircut every yeah. week, yeah. you know, 
because those people that get their hair cut every week, they look so good. You know, I mean, celebrities we're talking about here. They look <laughs> celebrities. They look so good. Uh, they, <laughs> what? they don't look like they don't look like you and me. Um, so, but if but if razors are already taken, then I would still take scissors. You know, and give myself a scissors cut every week. You know, if only yeah. one of us can have one thing, then he can have the razor. I'll get a scissors cut. Sure, it'll you know, still look every week. good. You know, yeah, yeah it'll still nice. look really good. That's yeah. nice. I like that. Okay, uh, my number one got to be the toilet. I mean, it has to, it just has to be the toilet. Uh, I, you know, the toilet could flush itself. The toilet could clean itself. I think that would be That's appealing nice. as well. Yeah. I mean, similar, I think to, uh, John's like seltzer situation. I could be in my bed and just start pissing and shitting and it would <laughs> get sucked into the toilet from my, my bedroom. Um, so I, I think there's still a possibility for a mess. Like if I do that and the door is closed, it will just mash up against the door repeatedly until I open the door. So I have to do it with, with my bedroom door open and, and the bathroom door open also. And, uh, presumably, you know, it's, it's about, I'd say like three, four feet in the air. Uh, it's got to be high enough that the cat can't like bat at it as it's floating by. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> but I think just being able to piss and shit anywhere in my apartment, uh, yeah, you know, you have you have the setup obviously first. Like I said, I, I can't be shitting into the couch, um, but just having that like float through the apartment into the toilet, the toilet cleans and flushes itself. I mean, that's a game changer right there. I love it. You just you just picture the scene here. I mean, you crack the can of cat food with your mind to keep the cat away from it, and then you are walking around pissing and shitting, and your piss and shit is going one way. John is on the couch. He's got his beverages going the other way. Oh no! The streams are crossing. <laughs> That's why I can't live with Stefan. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason. So, uh, yeah, that's good. I think my number one would be, um, would be like cooking. Like mm -hmm. I think I would want to have sort of control of the stove. Um, I guess I already kind of have control of the fridge from my number three. So I'm guessing in this scenario, like I still kind of need to do a little bit of skill. Like I'm not expecting that I'd be able to control it with my mind to the point where I just say like, make me this and it gets made like I would probably have to do some sort of work but just like chopping of stuff can get done for me like control of a knife maybe or just like I can turn the stove on and off with my mind or whatever like it's just kind of that sort of area of the kitchen is all sort of related uh would be would be really nice I mean I think even just night like having access to like a knife and peeler I mean I think just that alone yeah. Yeah. uh would be would be phenomenal so I think I'll go with that the name of the knife uh, is my my number one. So great top three, Ben. Great, top three. Uh, Thank great you. to have you on the show. Uh, I think you're the first person to ever do an anti block on the show, and the first person to ever make an imger for us. So uh, you know, really, just great stuff, top to bottom. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Oh, thank you for having me. Um, you already plugged my podcast. Uh, please save me up top. That's where uh, my co-host Sarah and I recap a non-existent television show called Chicago Heroes. Uh, and then I also, if you go to my Twitter at Limitless Jest, my pinned tweet is a short film that we made in um, in November called One Gotta Go. Or if you click click through to the YouTube on that, that's like would love to get love to get some more eyes on that. So you know anybody who watches that, uh, people have people have dug it. So uh, please check it out. There you go. Awesome. So follow Ben on Twitter at Limitless Jest. Make sure you click that pinned tweet and listen to his podcast. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. As always, uh, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash block party. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at block party pod. And we'll see you back here next week. Goodbye. Bye.